Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean DePasquale, here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And this week, we're here to talk about season six, episode three, Once a Secretary, Always a Secretary. Uh, This episode was written by Alan J. Zipper, the old zip man. And directed, uh, as I think the majority of the episodes this season are, by Mark Peter Jacobson. Uh, what was this episode about, Toria? This is the episode where um, Fran begins to feel that Mr. Sheffield still just views her as the nanny and not his partner and equal in a marriage. And so she goes about trying to change this. And also, you know, I was thinking, I was like, you know, once a secretary, always a secretary, that's probably a reference to something, right? Because why isn't it like once a nanny, always a nanny? Right. I can't, I can't find the answer to that. So if if maybe somebody else out there knows, maybe that was like, uh, Maybe a that's really insider something. baseball about, yeah. you know, an episode of another show or something or another a movie that's not popping up. Let us know because my, you know, my instinct after having done this for so many episodes is that there's a reference to something. To a musical, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let us know. Um, yeah. I mean, I also think your uh, recap is does a little bit of a disservice to Fran in this episode because it's not that she like starts to suspect he still thinks of her that way. He flat out goes like, yeah. well, you're the nat, you're just the nanny. And she's like, I literally gasped. I went, oh, yeah. Oh my so God. The audience. The audience rude. Yeah. Rude. Yep, yep, yep. Let's dive in. So it starts with, uh, we get a real <laughs> thin Brighton plot line where like that, that also felt like real, really like, half half baked because it's like we get one scene in the beginning where he's like hey can i go to atlantic city with my friends and then we get one scene at the end where he's like can i go and they're like no well i think though (laughs) i think though it it is a very realistic thing that would start to show where mr sheffield and fran would be splintering as a married couple which is like disciplining the children especially given that there was a power dynamic on this before they got married. So we start off like Mr. Sheffield's yelling off screen. He's like, no, 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 like Brighton, you can't go. And so he kind of, Brighton sort of storms into the living room and he tells Fran like, you know, dad's not letting me go on a weekend trip with my friends to Atlantic city. And she's like, Oh, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. So she like goes into the office where we see <laughs> Maxwell and Cece, Cece's smoking a cigarette. And Fran's literally like, when did you start smoking again? And she's like, between I and do. <laughs> <laughs> basically being like since you guys got married <laughs> and I, this also made me laugh because as soon as Fran walks in and says she needs to talk to him Cece's like we don't have time for your mindless drivel we're busy and I'm just like why does Maxwell let Cece talk to his wife <laughs> like he truly does not bat an eyelash like he doesn't no. even look up from what he's reading right <laughs> no it's also it's also um still shocking to see someone smoking a cigarette on a sitcom like <laughs> you go like like as soon as she lit that cigarette i was like oh that's so weird there was children on that set <laughs> <laughs> it's just it was a different time and, and um she was cancer probably, for everybody <laughs> yes. yes well but then as soon as i wrote don't you think it's kind of like rude that maxo lets her talk to his wife like that i wrote but in cc's defense then mr Sheffield and fran just flamelessly not only flirt in front of her in brighton but reference the hot sex they had the night before <laughs> which i was like you know what like 
they deserve to be put in their place. This is like not okay. Oh, we continue. Um, we continue season sexy, as I'm calling it now, ooh. because this season is horny. Yeah, is. Man, I do agree. That's a great. I love it. Season sexy. Let's do it. Okay. Season so sexy. Okay. Then, so Fran tries to, you know, talk Mr. Sh- talk to Mr. Chevy about the whole Atlantic City thing. And he's like, no, no, I- I've made up my mind. End of discussion. He's not going. And Brighton's and he like walks out. And then Brighton's like, sorry, I caused an issue, Fran. Like, I-, I guess it's just clear dad doesn't respect your opinion. And she's like, that's the oldest trick in the book, trying to play the parents against each other. Like, well, I'm not falling for it. Cut to her storming out into the living room <laughs> after Maxwell. And she's like, you don't respect me or my opinions. And this devolves into a fight where Mr. Sheffield literally, he he's like, I said no, and that's final. Like, I'm his father. And she's like, so what am I? And he goes, the nanny. And the audience is literally like, oh. Yeah, they're like, it is on. <laughs> yes. And then Fran's like, she's like, did you hear that, Niles? And he literally like pokes his head out from where he's in, like eavesdropping. And he goes, do you get the house and the divorce settlement? And she's like, yes. And he goes, then every word of it. Like, <laughs> Um, so like to the point of, you know, we also make it clear that Niles is going to always side with whatever most benefits him. <laughs> and it, uh, yes. Yes. That, that they hit that joke a lot this episode of like yes. Niles, Niles is looking out for Niles. <laughs> yep. And then we cut to a scene at Yetta's retirement home. It is Hawaiian theme day. <laughs> And Fran is there and she's like, Yetta, you know, I'm here asking for advice. And, you know, because she's like, I got in a fight with Maxwell, but I don't want Ma to know about it. But of course, then who whips their head around? It's Sylvia. She's already there, fully dressed in her Hawaiian like shirt costume. And (laughs) Fran's like, what are you even doing here? And she's like, I've never been to Hawaii. (laughs) Like, it was so sad. (laughs) Like. Um, but basically, uh, you know, she ends up telling Yetta and Sylvia, um, that she feels like, you know, Maxwell just still sees her as the help. And, and she's like, you know, I wanted to think of me as an equal, not his nanny. And, and Sylvia just very dismissively goes, Hey, just do whatever terms him on. Your father used to like me to dress up as a French maid. And Yetta goes, this line. Oh, I love this so this much. Line killed me. Yetta goes. Well, with Grandpa, it was Heidi. He used to put his hair in little braids. <laughs> so you realize he would dress up as Heidi, and she would dress up in a beard. And yeah, because be she also old. says she put on an old gray beard. <laughs> yes. Which is so. Which, when you think about it, it is so effed on so many levels. Because the story of Heidi is that this little girl loses her parents and goes to live with the grandfather she never knew. <laughs> and yeah. so the idea that a two people would be would be. Uh, like playing that playing out in the bedroom, and then also <laughs> that Yetta is playing the grandpa. It's, it's so many levels of funny. Yeah, um, I, I, but, I mean, it also shows like Yetta's progressive as hell. You know, oh man, Yetta is she, sex positive. She is sex positive for season sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she is the queen of season sex, yeah. um, or the king. She doesn't. She doesn't let herself be put into any kind of box. Uh, That's right. So then she still, can be any kind of royalty she wants. She could be a duke. She could be Princess Charlotte. She could be Baby Archie. <laughs> but so then Sylvia. I forgot Baby Archie. <laughs> <laughs> then right. Sylvia says, she's like, you know what, honey? Like, if you want to be treated like his wife, you need to start acting like his wife. 
And that means you deny him his wooey, which we can assume means his sex. And then Fran goes, Ma, I'm a grown woman. You can say it, but I'm not going to deny him the bing bing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so none of them can actually say it, which yeah. uh, checks out in my family, at least. Uh, I um, I was watching this episode with my wife. <gasps> Your I'll, wife? Hold for, I'll hold for applause. And when this part happened uh, and she said that, like, you got to like deny sex, <laughs> Elizabeth rolled her eyes and went like, Wow, that's a great message to spread. <laughs> and I was like, she was like, real healthy, real healthy marriage advice, mom. <laughs> yeah, but which, which you know, it's not right. Like th- this is a, a weird. <laughs> this is a weird, like, like old wives misnomer thing where it's like the the woman should dictate sex and she should use that as like a a lever in the relationship for for having leverage over over the husband, and it's well, like. That is not a healthy relationship. Like that is why I really liked how they turned it on its head when Fran actually tries to (laughs) tries to like enact her plan. I was not expecting it, and I was like, "Oh, that's fun. That's really great." Well, Um, and it plays in in it plays really well with the characters' ages too. When you think about it, because I feel like withholding sex is like a young person's game. You know what I mean? This guy's in like his fifties. It's not like he's like a horny boy. Like <laughs> he just wants to go to bed. Yeah, he's dude. He comes home from work and he's like, uh, "What's going on? I'm gonna read my book, my newspaper, and hang out." You know, like <laughs> this guy's first thought isn't like, "Oh, I gotta like do it with my wife." Like that. I feel like that's also like it. It played really well with how old he is too. Like it didn't seem like he was being a dick. Just genuinely seemed like, yeah, this guy's 50. He's not thinking about (laughs) sex every minute. Like, (laughs) but so, well, but so then we, so what happens is we then cut to that evening. They're in the bedroom. Fran has donned a like beautiful red negligee and we hear her internal, internal monologue. And she's like, I'm going to get exactly what I want. Once I withhold from him, she's like, I give him 20 minutes and I'll be eating out of the palm of my hand. But then (laughs) Maxwell comes in and first of all, he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, I think I really made the right decision with Brighton today. I think it's, he's too young to be going off by himself like that. And, you know, and then he starts talking about like, yet in the retirement home. And he's just literally like, he doesn't even really notice that she's like throwing herself at him because he's just talking about their day and their life <laughs> stuff. And then meanwhile, though, she, while he's like taking off his robe and getting into bed, she's getting more desperate for yeah. him because she's super horned up, which I also love the idea that it's like, mm-hmm. it's not just the man who's like so into it it's like she no. wants it and then like literally yeah. he'll like turn away from her and she'll be like reaching for his butt and it's just out of reach and then in her mind she's like how much longer can this take i can't take it so then she ends up just <laughs> jumping on him like because like it turned out even though her whole master plan was so withhold from him she couldn't wait so uh but so it totally didn't work out and the next day she is in the foyer with sylvia and um she she reveals that like she didn't end up like following through on the plan and and Sylvia's like why not and she's like because my husband looks like James Bond and yours looks like James Coco <laughs> okay and then Sylvia goes James Coco I wish <laughs> okay let's stop right here because I posted a very cryptic post on our Instagram that that will pay off right now for the listeners because the person that I posted the picture of is James Coco. Because I did not understand this joke 
I was like, well, I don't get what this means. I had to like pause and Google James Coco. And then as soon as I saw him, I had like this flood of memories and I knew exactly who he was from mm-hmm. The Muppet Show. I was like, oh, I know who this is. I uh, Yes, he's a, he is someone you will 100% recognize if you watched a lot of TV as a kid. And you'll recognize if you if you listen to a clip of him, he has got a very distinctive voice too. Um, a- anyway, so I was just like, "Wow, I can't believe like I knew exactly who this guy was, but never knew that his name was honestly as iconic as James Coco, which is a fantastic <laughs> name." Um, but also the idea, like when you do Google him, just how yes. funny it is that Sylvia's response is James Coco. I wish I wish like, that would okay. be a step up from Morty. That's why I ultimately why I posted the picture to Instagram because I feel like once you make all these connections, this joke becomes a thousand times funnier. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. But also, okay, bringing us back to what's happening, one quick sec. So yeah. there's another thing where uh, Fran is putting on these new like Cartier earrings or whatever. And then Sylvia's response is, oh, yeah, like the withholding must be working. And Fran's like, no, no, no. Like, that's not what this is about. Like, this is about like another fight we got into. They definitely are like establishing this like joke or this pattern that like when Mr. Sheffield screws up, he buys or something. And I I do hate that. I mean, that I, that must exist in a lot of real life couples, but I don't know. What, that, just... that you just buy? Well, I mean, I. I I, yes, it probably exists in a lot of real life couples. It was also a TV trend at the time because Married with Children was this was a running gag on that too. It's like every time Al did something terrible, the solution was to just give Peg money and she would forgive him, like I or mean, he'd I buy her something, I... and you know, or she'd be like, "Al, you did something terrible," and then she'd just take his wallet and walk out of the room. I don't think it's just come from. I don't think it's from TV. Like I think there are definitely like. Um, like there's so many things where it's like, um, oh, the, the guy got, he definitely did something kind of sneaky. Oh, the wife gets diamond necklace, you know, where it's like there are couples, usually I think wealthy couples where it's like, that is almost the economy within their marriage. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I don't even think it's a gendered thing. Cause that's just like, I mean, like, because Liz buys you stuff when you. When she well, that's up. what I was just. That's what I was just thinking. Is like, you know what? If Liz did something like fucked up and then came home with a PlayStation Five and was like, "I'm really sorry," I'd be like, "Oh, it's cool." As I'm like hooking the PlayStation Five up. <laughs> I mean, hey, may, we've established this. maybe a part of me is just jealous of Fran now. Right. That, like we were in the same boat for five seasons, and sometimes <laughs> I think about this with Val. I'm like, is Val just Val's too dumb to probably be jealous? Val's but, too dumb. But like, if I had a friend and for five years we were struggling together and, you know, we were in the same, we were going to this store looking for deals and suddenly she just didn't have to work anymore. It it would be, you know, a tough pill to swallow because I'm not a generous spirited person. Like yes. I would have to constantly yes. work back to, no, I'm happy for this person. It's why all my friends stopped talking to me when I got married. <laughs> I mean, I sure as hell hate you. <laughs> Uh, I still work for the record. <laughs> I do work. But if you didn't, you'd still be okay. It makes me sad. I mean, I have been me. encouraged to like write more and follow my dreams, which is a lovely, lovely, lovely thing to hear. <laughs> I just wish that like Kyle like 
wanted to do something like he's he, he can make so much money if he wants he just doesn't want to right now and I'm like why can't you just go classic or, classic white guy move huh i could make money i just don't need it <laughs> no he does need it he's just very into like work-life balance and he's like i don't want to go back to like you know hating my life i'd rather be my own boss and make less and i'm like but Ooh. why <laughs> listeners what do you think should kyle work harder also, uh, listeners in LA, um, order DoDaddy pizza because the more pizzas he sells, yeah. Maybe less, maybe oh, why haven't we been promoting DoDaddy on every episode? We're dumb. Oh yeah. Well, I don't think we, I, we don't have we a ton been of doing LA. That. So, so any listeners LA based, which I, we have some, but it's not all. Um, yeah, but still, the, Ki- the Kyle who I live with, who I often will reference, he is the person behind DoDaddy pizza, which is a yeah. delicious, yummy DoDaddy. So Detroit style pizza brand out here and he makes it out of our apartment and you can door dash it or postmates it or come pick it up from us and you can say hi to me but that would be lovely I would love to if we if one day a nanny fan and a doe daddy customer combined it would be like the ultimate your head would explode yeah but okay anyway uh back 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 so CC and Niles they come into the living room and they join Fran because it turns out that Maxwell's gonna be on entertainment tonight that night and they're all gonna hunker down to watch his you know five minutes he, it's almost Entertainment adorable. Tonight was a news program uh, that <laughs> <laughs> was very popular at the time. It was before you could learn about entertainment news from 46,000 sources on the internet. There was like like one show at like 7.30 every evening hosted by the great John Tesh and the, and the, and the ever-talented Mary Hart. And, uh, and they would just do like entertainment news right like you would get like movie trailers would premiere and they would do like deep dives on like directors and whatever tv shows mm-hmm. were popular and then you'd also do like a celebrity gossip segment uh this I mean, was like a very popular thing i feel like we all we all knew the theme song got your entertainment news and then maybe one or two magazines that came out monthly and then that was it um, Premier so. magazine and Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but it's really adorable because Mr. Sheffield <sighs> is just really beyond nervous. Like they, they clearly know that like he doesn't really do well in these interviews because the first thing Cece says is like, "Okay, no nervous giggling. That's good. That's good." And then we cut to Mr. Sheffield, and he's like, <laughs> he just like starts <laughs> to like lose it, and he's so nervous that the host <clears throat> congratulates him on like the new Mrs. Sheffield, and he's like, uh, "Who?" Uh, oh yes, my nanny. And then, and he's the guy. He's like, so wait, you married your nanny? And he's like, well, yes, yes. So she. It's not like she really did anything then. I mean, she doesn't really do anything now. It's just like it's just this huge disaster. Like he flubs, and we literally cut to Fran, and her fists are clenched in rage because they've already had this tension of like, you know, you just think of me as the nanny, and now on live national television, he is like corrected someone who referred to him referred to her as his wife and he was like no my nanny so so, so it just compounded everything if i wrote this show because this is just my sense of humor goes so dark but <laughs> that scene where where they cut to fran and she's like got her fists clenched i would have held a second longer on her fist and just had a tiny trickle of blood come yes, out like yes, <laughs> like she gripped herself so hard she made well, herself bleed <laughs> if this was a little later if this was like 30 rock era that would be like a 30 rock joke right right oh and, been so that was my first thought is i was like oh please let a tiny trickle of blood come out <laughs> like, it's so, so then we cut to the next morning val is over at the mansion in the 
kitchen with Fran and Fran says, you know, it's okay. Yes, I was really upset about the entertainment tonight thing, but you know, Maxwell and I worked it all out. And then she reveals she's wearing a new diamond necklace. Uh, and she's like, you know, so it's like the implication is like he knew he screwed up and instantly came home with a gift. And, you know, it was like, it was just a slip of the tongue. And I was, I was just so scared at, at, during the interview. But so then Fran also says that she realized that the way to stop getting Maxwell to think of her as a nanny is to just hire a new one. Cue um, a woman entering in a uniform. It is Nanny Bauer, their new nanny. And I wrote, she's a handsome, sturdy woman. <laughs> uh, that's how I would describe her. And it's really funny because so she walks in, she's very formal, like standing up straight and Fran and Val offer her a cookie. And she's like, oh no, you know, it, it wouldn't be professional for the nanny to, to eat with the, with the employer. And, and Fran and Val look at each other and they're like, oh, okay. okay. Like they're, they're very surprised. And then Nanny Bauer's like, well, I guess I'll go pick up Miss Grace from ballet and then uh, take Brighton to the dentist. And then Fran super earnestly, like not as a joke goes, oh, well, when, when are you going to get your hair done and your nails done and go shopping at Lowman's? Because <laughs> to her, like, that's what a nanny does. Yeah. And then and the, and Nanny Bauer goes, well, I, I do those things on my day off. And then Fran and Belle look at each other and they're like, oh, that's novel. And then one of them's like, I, I never thought of that. <laughs> like, it was very funny and adorable. I loved the new nanny. I give this lady a spinoff. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. She's, she gets some zingers too. <laughs> like later on, she, <laughs> she she was great. Oh, um, she's great. And like the 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 scene where like the way she plays out that whole exchange with Mr. Sheffield, where he's like, you know, talking about like what the old nanny did, and she's like. Like she doesn't play it horrified. She's like into it, and she's like, "Yeah, I can sit on your desk with yeah. like, my legs we'll crossed." Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get. Oh, it's we'll so get good. There. It's so because, funny. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. What happens first is so you know we establish we've got this new nanny uh, who's taking over the child rearing, and Fran's like, "Wow, Val, like, I guess I'm a lady of leisure now." And rearing. like she even asks like Niles, "Well, what did the previous Mrs. Sheffield do?" And he was like, "Well, you know, she used to spend a lot of time at the club." And Fran goes. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds lovely. I wonder if they have a water slide. <laughs> that, that got to a, I like, in all caps, I ran hilarious montage of Fran trying to fit in at the club. So firstly, we cut it's to this club. Everyone is blonde, super like whitewashed, super preppy clothes. Fran already looks like she sticks out like a sore, sore thumb. They're all drinking all day. She just wants to be drinking a sugary mochaccino. Um, she's like, is trying to do golf, but she doesn't get it. And she hates the golf shoes. And she actually complains <laughs> to someone that she went to the clubhouse, but there was no comedian. <laughs> and she's really used to like, you know, like the cat skill type club. <laughs> like, yeah. And then we cut to her brushing a horse next to a super preppy lady, but she's braided her horse's hair like in Bo Derek beats. <laughs> like it's just so absurd. And then and then at one point she even tries to wear a blonde wig to fit in, but it doesn't help. And she's just this, like hating this. This is like not It was for such a good montage. <laughs> it was so good. 
the 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 Fran assimilating to be a wasp by just wearing a blonde wig was so funny. Yes, and it was also very pointedly like making fun of how like lame this culture is because when she first mm-hmm. gets there and she like you know she's kind of complaining to this waiter, she's like, I don't get it. Like, there's no one playing Marco Polo in the pool. There's no comedian at the clubhouse. You'd think there'd at least be a Pac-Man machine at a joint like this. And she's like, yeah. What do people even do here? And then she looks over at a whole table of like blonde wasps, and they all just take a huge swig of their cocktails and martinis <laughs> like oh yeah these people are unhappy and they just come here to drink <laughs> um, yeah i mean their life right like it also it, it's great because it really does highlight like the cultural differences too between like super waspy white people and like literally anyone else <laughs> yeah <laughs> like because like fran is definitely like a white white lady but like she's a jewish she's a, lady she's a jewish lady so like she's got like a culture and like yeah. you know Which is like even, it's you know, so and funny. it's even different than like you know especially at these times like would be like an italian working class lady yeah. or yeah. uh you know any other type of person that's not like this very repressed uh waspy like yeah yeah, yeah puritanical um, like unhappy like, rich person yeah, it's like we don't talk about anything, but we'll drink. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, Cece. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So Cece would go, love it here. Oh, my God. Cece would be the the belle of the ball. Mm. Um, then we cut back to the mansion, and Gracie comes into Mr. Sheffield's office, and she's like, Fran, Fran. And he's instantly like, I mean, I thought this was a little insensitive or mean on Mr. Sheffield's part. He's it like, was. He's like, oh, Gracie, dear. You know, you can't just go running to Fran all the time now. She's not your, any, your nanny anymore. She's my wife. And I'm like, or you could say she's your mother. So it is okay to go looking for her when you have a well, problem. But, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he could have said stepmom. I think they intentionally avoided saying your mother because of what's coming in the next episode. True. True. But he's like, you know, but she's he could my have wife. said, like, she's your stepmom. She's my wife. Yeah, like, like, you know, know, but, but, or maybe like, you know, but, but basically he goes, you know, we don't need to just run to her every time there's an issue. Like, I'm sure I can help. What's the issue? And she's like, um, okay, um, well, all my friends are on their cycles and I'm just curious. Why aren't I? I (laughs) love this so much. (laughs) He literally gets this big smile on his face and he goes, oh, sweetheart. I can help you with that. I'll buy you a bicycle. And he like pinches <laughs> her cheek. And then when then when she's like explains she's talking about her period, he gets this look of dawning horror, and he's just like Fran, Fran, <laughs> like desperately calls her. And, and then Nanny Bauer comes in and is like, "Oh, you know, Miss, Mrs. Sheffield's at the club." Um, and he's like, "Oh, right, right." And then she's like, "Sir, this is the thing you were talking about." Where she's yeah. like, "Sir, if you don't mind my asking." what did your last nanny actually do? And he kind of like looks around and like he looks to Niles and they kind of like fumble. They really can't answer. And he's like, well, well, you know, she, she would make sure the tie that she picked out for me matched the shoes she picked out for me. And, you know, she, she'd make reservations for dinner for the two of us. And sometimes she'd come sit at my desk when I was working late to keep me company. And she was like, well, sir, with all due respect, that sounds more like a wife. And he's like, well, Yes, I, I suppose that's why I married her. And he's kind of like connecting the dots that like, yeah, like, oh, I, the woman I loved did all these things mm-hmm. and was a part of my life every day and our children's life every day. So I'm now we've been like changing her to fit this other role, but 
that's not why we got married. That's not why we felt why we fell in love. Um, but and this is also though when <laughs> when Nanny Bauer thinks that this is maybe him asking her to sit on his desk in a short skirt, and yeah. and she's like going to try to make it work, and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she she acts the hell out of this because like she like starts to try to make it work, and then he's like, no, 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 and she like kind of backs off apologetically a little bit, but also like sort of like. She seems disappointed. Yes, <laughs> it's yes, really like, funny. Oh, I mean, he is a handsome man. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Th- this lady is great. Give yeah. her a show. Where's her uh, show? Where's her this show? This town so unfair. Um, but so, oh, we also find out in this scene that Cece had been telling Nanny Bauer that Niles is her dad. <laughs> uh, and that also that she's Maxwell's first and better wife. <laughs> so, yeah. Cece's been causing a ruckus. Um so, but then we cut to kind of wrapping things up. Fran comes home from her day at the club. She tells Maxwell that like, she really didn't have a good time. And he's like, well, it's all right, darling. If you didn't like it, you don't have to go back. And she goes, good. Cause we're not allowed back there. <laughs> Which made me laugh really hard. <laughs> and then, uh, but she's like, you know, honey, like, I just, I don't think I'm cut out to be one of those wives that does nothing all day and whose like, kids know their nanny better than they do. Like, I, I miss the house and I miss the kids and I, mm-hmm. I miss being the nanny. And he's like, well, I was actually going to come get you at the club because, like, we really needed you here. And I missed you being the nanny, too. Like, that that's who I fell in love with. And then so they kind of were like, well. We, you, I like how like the the uh, the real solution to this is yeah you'll just be a normal mom that takes care of the family and kids if the if she doesn't have a job but but she's like well you know I guess I can I can be both and then she pulls out that blonde wig and she's like oh which one do you want me to be first and then they <laughs> run up the stairs yep. to do it yep um, as as sexy season sex continues yep 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 and uh, <laughs> the button on this is that um the bu- <laughs> what's up next in season sex i do feel like um any bachelor franchise or one of those trashy like dating island shows could just be called season sex and <laughs> that's would be accurate but um so but we then the button on this is that we established that nanny bauer was let go and but but the nanny agency ended up sending over a potential replacement, not realizing that they don't actually need a nanny anymore. But then Niles is like, oh, well, can't we just hire one for a day? Like they're having this event at the Paramus Mall. And Fran's like, oh, okay. But then when she opens the door to this new girl, it's an exact but younger replica of Fran. And she just slams the door in the girl's face. And it's like, Niles, what were you thinking? (laughs) Um, And so that's the end. She's like, not in this house. There's not going to be a cute young me running around. Um, It was great. I really like that ending. Other quick notable thing. We established that little Gracie is about to get her period. And I wrote, our little girl's growing up. She's not not an adorable little munchkin anymore. She's not. I noted that too. I I was like, wow, she like sprouted up. Like she's like a little bit taller. She's starting to like look like more like an adult instead of like a little, little kid. You know, like her face is fuller. She looks great. But like, yeah, not a little. She's no longer like the little baby (sighs) Sheffield. Not a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah. You know, she, she tra- truly doesn't like she, they really don't have like a baby anymore now. You know, I it's know. just like three teenage kids now on this show. Ugh, I would hate it. I just would hate it. To see your child like, disappear. No. Yes, of course. I I like have preemptiveness. I don't even have kids. And I'm like, it makes me so sad. You have preemptive <laughs> empty nest syndrome. Yeah. That's why I should just have a monkey instead of a child. 
<laughs> so that someday it just claws your face off <laughs> and kills you both. <laughs> oh no, he'll be declawed and de-teethed. <laughs> oh god. Declawing a monkey would just be like cutting its arms off. For my you know, for my forever baby. No, what I really just need is like a dog or a cat. Yeah, I, you probably For do. the record, I would not do that to a monkey. <clears throat> I'm don't believe that wild animals should be in homes. I do just want a forever baby. Um, okay. Okay. That being said, do we think it's ready? F- we're ready for segments? I think we are ready to have some segments. And so, now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> wow. I wish I had a cigarette and a smooth fedora that I could be adjusting right now. That's why I picked this theme, uh, which I'm calling the smooth segments theme, because of the Lady of Leisure montage. I felt like, mm. oh, yeah, she would just like, if she could have gotten what she wanted, she could have just sat around with like a, a nice tall martini and a and a cigarette and mm-hmm. gotten cancer and <laughs> liver <laughs> like, poisoning all you know, at once. Classic, she could have pulled a classic Betty Draper. <laughs> <laughs> or a Betty Davis. Okay. Um, favorite lines and moments. Favorite lines and moments. Uh, well, your daughter, Cece, warned me about you. I wrote, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> I thought that was a great, great, great line. Um, I also have a question about a line. So okay. Yetta makes this joke, right? Where she says, I've been denying, meaning uh, denying sex. I've been denying my husband for 25 years. And then, and then Fran says, yeah, but he's been been dead dead for 26 years. And then Yetta goes, don't judge me. So you, you're is asking. Is that a necrophilia joke? Yes. Yes, it is. The implication is that she was boning a corpse or perhaps. Or perhaps a um, an urn. <laughs> we don't know. We don't really know. <laughs> an urn. Oh my gosh! But I don't think Jews are cremated. So no. Maybe we just don't know. Also, how come? What happened to Sammy? She talks about her husband a lot on this episode, but she doesn't mention Sammy and. I, I, I mean, maybe did Sammy they, did, died. Maybe Sammy oh, died. That's weird. we don't we All don't right. know. It's it has know. not okay. been explained, and we don't yet know if they're ever gonna like kind of go back to to explain where Sammy is. Maybe they only had Ray Charles for four episodes, and then they just but like it's just easy enough not to mention. Yeah, I don't know. Me um, I really loved when um when Fran and Mister Sheffield were fighting earlier early in the episode, and then they're just like. Niles, you know, who's right? Who's right? And he kind of like won't take a side. And Fran's like, Niles, stop being so wishy-washy. Whose side are you on? Oh, no. He goes, stop being so wishy-washy. Just choose a side. And he's like, I can't. You sign my checks. And he's like, motions to Mr. Sheffield. And then he motions to Fran. He's like, but you keep my secrets. And then he motions to Mr. Sheffield. And he goes, you hired me. And then to Fran, but you'll probably live longer. How can I choose the side that's beneficial to Niles? (laughs) 
<laughs> it was just like so I, I love the calculus of he's like mm, he's like well i do have some loyalty to to maxwell because he hired me but like i'm gonna be stuck with fran for longer so it's, just, it's so cold and calculated <laughs> uh uh yeah i uh, niles being out for uh only himself was a particular highlight of uh yeah of this episode for me. And um, you know, that montage, that country club montage was, it was the best. Oh, chef's kiss. Mwah. Delightful. Yiddish. I did not clock any of this particular episode. Same. Same. Keeping in line with, uh, with uh, Jews not being allowed in most country clubs until like the late eighties, uh, there was uh-huh. no Yiddish allowed in this episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, okay. For nanny trivia, it's, it's really just some more nanny in the news. Nanny in the news. Okay. Now stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay nanny in the news um so an election took place uh in the side for sag after president and for the other sort of um main you know roles within sag after and it took place amid this historic strike um meaning that believe it or not fran drescher has been president for two years already she won handily like you know it because this is such a tumultuous time i think everyone just wanted to keep up the momentum that they have and not disrupt (laughs) things and she released a statement that said i'm honored to serve my union as president for another term much has been accomplished in the past few years but i feel great optimism that the next two will be our greatest ever as we let go of tribalism and gain more empathy Mm -hmm. for one another as Mm -hmm. we realize that with each experience comes opportunity to better ourselves on our journey to self-refinement we will also enter a golden age uh, for sag after the thing that uh, i thought was interesting was in this i think it was like a hollywood reporter article they go on to to sort of put her quote into context and i just i just love this because it says dresher the incumbent union leader and chair of sag after's negotiating committee was a fiery vocal presence in the early days of the sag after strike which began on july 14th and has since lasted 56 days Drescher emphasized that the entertainment industry was at a turning point, particularly foregrounding the differential between astronomic CEO pay packages and the wages of journeyman Hollywood performers. Dresser mm. gave a rousing speech during the strike announcement, calling studio representative uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers a very greedy entity and saying shame on them and criticized Disney CEO Bob Iger during a separate interview asking if he was, quote, an ignoramus. <laughs> Which just, oh, if, you, if anyone's been following, it, it just feels good to yeah, think that really Bob good. Iger has, has said some just, he's a billionaire who has just said some of the most out of touch, insensitive, cruel things to people who have much less than he does so yeah uh it's really crazy really really remarkable how out of touch this guy is it's truly Mm -hmm. you go like dude just i I don't know man get online do something like (laughs) it's literally like it's not it's literally like let them eat cake but it's not even that it's like let them starve who cares (laughs) yeah yeah um why are these people complaining i pay them a pittance (laughs) um okay and okay, with that nanny trivia, aka nanny yes, in but the news. sir, if you give them coal, their fingers will be warmer and they'll be able to type faster. Hmm, <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's moving on. Um, okay. The Fran or the CC or the whoever. 
Um, I, I really related to Fran because I, I think we talked about this, I think in a season one episode where she tried to change herself to sort of like fit in with like Maggie's, the parents in Maggie's school or something. I went to a country club one time when I was in high school because I yeah. did go to school with some very sort of waspy people. And I truly felt so out of place. Like, like mm-hmm. I not only just like my clothes were different. I didn't know like all these like little social cues that everybody else seemed to like just know about. But everyone like they sailed and they golfed and they knew like these other social clubs in the D.C. area. Then their parents belonged to them. And I, I just... It was like the first time in my life that I was like, oh, there's like a whole other thing that in that I don't, I'm not in this club. Like I do not, I do not know, I did not know this existed. And now I, and I didn't know I was excluded from something until today. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is one of the rare times where we are the same. I also felt the, I was the friend in this episode for the exact same reason. Uh, the one a handful of times actually that I got in, uh, an invite to a country club were both the most awkward experiences I've ever felt internally where I just felt like very out of place and like out of touch with like everything everyone was talking about and the way people dressed and the way people looked. And like, I, it was not, I didn't, I was not a fan. Not One fan. out of 10 stars. Yeah. The food Agreed. was good. The food was good. Yeah, I mean the drinks were good and the food was yeah. good. But yeah, no, it was not for me. But um, everyone was so skinny. Well, and then, and then I went home and I literally Googled the place we were at and I was like, yep, Jews weren't allowed in there till the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Tight. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, we right. I feel like oh, how long is this record gone? Oh, six and a half hours. This is our longest wow. episode. The shortest uh, No, ever. not too bad. This is like a 40-minute episode. It's pretty good. There's there's a lot to talk about. I think we had some really good jokes. Um, I was really proud of us this episode, Toria. I just wanted to compliment you and tell you you've been doing a great job. Thank you. That's so condescending because you're not my boss. So, <laughs> oh. no, I'm, I mean, I'm I, kidding. I am your collaborator. Mm, that's true. I guess I'll take that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's debatable. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm proud of you, Sean, because I think you also do a great job. Thanks, dude. Um, I love doing the show with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you love us doing this show, we want to hear about it from you. So please reach out to us at oh Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, also, you also you can email us at oh Mr. Sheffield Podcast at gmail.com where we will read your emails on the air, whether you want us to or not, and only after the fact edit out your name if we said it and you didn't want us to. Um, then that's a show promise. <laughs> um, uh, and, and on that note of, uh, our f- listeners, I, I have something fun to announce. Um, I started, <laughs> this is real dumb, but I started a red bubble for, uh, the Oh Mr. Sheffield podcast and Tori and I put it, put up a, a big Babcock energy, <laughs> um, in the shop right now. It looks like it's only showing stickers for some reason and a pillow with our show logo on it. So I'm going to adjust it. Uh, but yeah, it should be like t-shirts. You could be, I mean, it should, you should be able to just slap it on whatever thing you want to slap it on. So I'll figure out what's wrong with that. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I don't understand how Redbubble works and I wish someone would help me figure it out. <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm begging for help. So this is this is equal parts advertising a shirt and a, and, and a plea, plea for, for help. help. Any kind of help. 
<laughs> I don't know what all these buttons do. Um, but yeah, so, and someone already bought a sticker, which is amazing. Um, cause I didn't even advertise this. So someone just found this and bought it, which is cool. Um, I, we will post a link, uh, on all of our social media and stuff. Uh, but if you go on Redbubble and you search, Oh, Mr. Chef pod, uh, that's our, we should pop up there. I think it's like, Oh, Mr. Chef pod.redbubble.com. So Go check that out, and hopefully by the time you hear this, I'll have figured out how to make all of the things appear the way they should appear. Oh, um, my God. I see it. Yeah. On, holy God. I see it, too. Like I, I, I haven't really looked into it because we, we didn't know people could buy stuff until someone bought something. I didn't think I had said it live because <laughs> <'Cause> I'm <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, and we'll advertise this on our Instagram, too. Um, okay. Well, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week and, um, we will check in with you next time. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, Toria. Goodbye. And now segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, all right. So segment time. Segments. Mm -hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. 